0: I want us to be comfortable talking about investing. I absolutely think we should be cultivating these conversations and having them so that our you know, nieces, nephews, our children can experience these type of words and they're not, um, we're not locking them further into the system. We're actually breaking them free and putting them in a space where we understand that wealth is infinite.
1: What's up everybody welcome back to wait hold up a podcast where we talk to homegirls experts and others to help us live our most authentic lives i'm jessica and i'm yarel
2: and once again welcome to the podcast we're always super excited to have you join us
1: and we have a very special treat for all of you today oh my god it's it's just you know i almost feel like Are we, are we playing ourselves by saying that every day or every time as (laughs) if like every episode isn't a treat? I know, right, true. We keep bringing, we keep bringing the heat, y'all. We keep bringing the heat. And this week is no exception. Um, So if you're ready to talk about money, we gonna talk about money. We're gonna talk about building your wealth, bringing that money in, but not too fast. We're not going to get there just yet. <laughs> Before <laughs> we jump into our amazing conversation today, I actually first want to say like a super thank you to everyone who listened to our episode where I opened up about my personal battle with depression. And y'all just like held so much space for me and showed me so much love and support. And I was really overwhelmed by how many people Women in particular who reached out and were just like, you know, I needed this message. I've been wondering if I should take medication. I feel very alone. I feel like I don't know what's next for me. I'm stuck. Like, And this just helped me feel like I need to listen to my body. I need to listen to my mind. I need to seek and and get more help. And honestly, that's like the best I could have asked for. Um, hmm. so thank you again, Yarel for you know, holding space for that conversation. I think also a lot of people related to your point of view of like, oh my gosh, like am I a bad friend because I didn't know, you know, and I think that like it's just so real that so many of us who are going through stuff we don't share and we keep things hidden. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was it was just very overwhelming and a really beautiful uh experience. And I and again. We want to keep this conversation going so if there's more that you want to hear related to mental illness depression um anxiety medication whatever hit us up let us know and we'll you know bring it to the show
2: yeah no that it was i mean i i listened to it again this past weekend jess and i think for me it's definitely one of the most beautiful uh, most beautiful episodes that we've ever recorded that and, and i think it was more than anything it was you you hadn't, you didn't tell me this before that you wanted to talk about this. So it was, everything was very raw and new, I think for both of us, you sharing your experience. And then also me coming from like, Oh, you know, what, what, what do we do? How do we hold space? How do we uh, show up as a community as well as a friend, you know, and what, what is it for us? What is there for us to learn? So we can also step up to the plate And, and so we can acknowledge also our feelings, you know, because we, We've been taught for so many years to uh, put away these these thoughts, to not think into these into these ideas of therapy and medication. And then I think as we get older and we're like, wait a minute, no, we've got to let all this. Bullshit go, you know, things that don't serve you anymore when you're more committed to yourself. I, you know, I was also as, as a friend and you know, sharing this podcast with you, I was super happy that people were showing up for you in so many ways, right? And were um also like sending you so much love and relating. I think to me that was such a powerful kind of message that you sent with with your experience. Right. Like, I think that's one of the things as human beings and us as communicators and journalists is for people to like be inspired by stories. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us, so many of us that listen to the podcast that, you know, that connect with you, um, we're able to do that and to see you for this beautiful person that you are, and also make sure that we are aware of our own feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're going through and not suppress them. So I'm so proud of you. I want to say that again. And I'm just, you know, so proud of like this woman that you've, that you're, that you are, and that you have become in the last few years, even though you were dealing with so much, you know? Um, So yeah. And then also very thankful for everybody because I saw it and I was reading all the beautiful messages everybody was sending you. And it was just um I don't know just f- so much gratitude for the community for showing up you know and showing 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 their support
1: and their love for you so yeah completely I I totally agree so um I'm I, it's it's an interesting feeling where you have all of this shame of not wanting to talk about this for so long mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even when like it went live I was and I saw how many people were reacting to it on my personal Instagram I was like oh my God, I didn't realize that so many people I work with follow me or people that I, you know, like interact (laughs) with in the the entertainment industry. But I'm just like, yo, if there's anybody who's dealing with mental health stuff is people in the entertainment industry. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, I know y'all can relate to this. Um, So all that to say, uh, it's, it's definitely been an amazing experience to like reveal everything. And I appreciate everyone again. And, you know, the other thing I want to shout out is that my beautiful co-hosts got engaged <laughs> this weekend. Oh, MG. Yes. I know. I know. Um, so, yeah. It <laughs> I know. It happened. <laughs> Y'all, so Yarel um, and I linked up right before this. And she was going away, right. and she, I was just like, do you think it's going to happen? Like, every pendeja friend who, like, is, like, all nosy and like, hey, girl. <laughs> and I you know, know, I think
2: we, we were all like, what's going on? What's happening with your relationship? What are your thoughts? For sure, yeah, No, and we talked about this. It's so yeah. crazy because it was, like, a few days before
1: I left. Yeah, I know. And you were like, I don't think it's happening. You did not suspect anything. So. I know he did
2: so good. He, he did, did so amazing. I, I'm so proud of him. And just so we're just super happy. And I mean, and you've been in, in this, you know, you've lived this Jess and I mean and for, for anyone that's been in this in the space of like, oh, I'm engaged and I'm in love with someone and I'm in it. I'm in this right like we're planning our lives together. Um, I think it's just like, I've just been on like a high and it's like like cloud nine, like everything's beautiful and roses and rainbows everywhere <laughs> oh and stars. Um, so yeah, it's a very exciting time, but, and it's a very beautiful story. So I, you know, we're going to make sure that we drop a cozy convo so that we can get cozy and comfortable. And really I can share everything that happened with, with all of you. So, yes.
1: So stay tuned because we'll be dropping mm-hmm. that episode in a couple of weeks. So, you know, that is the latest with us. As always, please go and check out our website, waitholdsuppodcast.com, to learn the latest about our episodes and to find out what brands and products we're loving these days. We're always going to plug it there. But without any further ado, I think y'all are ready to talk that shmoney talk. Let's get into it. Today on the podcast, We have California native, Linda Garcia. Now, many of you probably know Linda. We had her on the podcast years ago. She used to host an amazing podcast called Let There Be Loose. And in the past year, Linda has really honed her purpose and her intention and has devoted her time and her energy into creating a beginner stock market course, which ultimately led her to create a community of Latinx investors on Patreon known as In Loose We Trust. She had gotten into the stock market and right. realized that once she got into it, how much opportunity was there and how little of our people Mm -hmm. actually knew about it. I'm really excited for this conversation because you and I have both taken Lindsay's course. That's right. Has been the year of like understanding our money, understanding our Mm -hmm. investments, making money work for us. Um, You've definitely been a lot braver (laughs) and more aggressive. I will say, (laughs) but um, in a few things,
2: I think, you're awesome too with like instinct, following your instinct when it comes to stocks. I, there's, I feel like there's so much to learn with stocks and then you get into it and then you're just, you, it's like, I don't know what it is. You just, you're in it and you're learning and you want to make money. And I go through these phases, Jess, where all of a sudden I have to disconnect. Like mm-hmm. I can't be checking in on, like I, I need, I need a week and, I, and maybe that, maybe the market is hot. But I need to step away.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. it's
2: over it can be overwhelming. At least that's how it's been for me. But then there's moments when I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh, I'm researching, I'm learning, I'm buying, I'm
1: I'm adding to this and I'm and I'm texting you a million things on like, I know, it's I love fee it and Bitcoin. I love it. It's so true. Um yeah, and honestly it all really I I started um qu- like the quarantine like okay, I want to understand the stock market and yeah. Beautifully aligned Linda brought out this program and we both jumped on it and I think that you know this conversation is really for those of us who are like kind of like you know feel a little bit disconnected to money feel like we Mm -hmm, want to know mm -hmm. how to grow it we want to know how to set ourselves up for a future where we're comfortable with it where we're not always on this grind 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 and i think that linda all speaks really speaks really beautifully to that because she has this spiritual component right um and so it makes it feel like this is something that we can understand on a personal level and on a deeper level to understand where are the wounds where is the pain coming from that doesn't allow us to really dive deep. So I'm. Um, right. this was an amazing conversation. And obviously, we just love Linda so much and all she's doing for the community. So yeah, we can't wait for y'all to listen to it. Enjoy. Linda, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having
0: me I have missed you all so much, since the last time we spoke so many things
2: have changed and i'm glad that we get to catch up. I know, Linda, you know, we love you and we're so excited for it. We, Jess and I have been texting each other back and forth like, oh my gosh, so many questions for Linda, so much we want to know. So we're just really happy that you made the time out of your schedule uh, to catch up with us, to share with us a little bit about your journey now and everything that you're up to. Yes, yeah, so many changes. I'm ready I'm ready to dive into this and, and
0: get
1: the stock Party started. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. So, you know, this conversation is going to be rich in talking about, hey, no pun intended, um, rich in talking <laughs> about money, about wealth, about abundance. And I really want to start at the beginning in terms of what was your relationship with money when you were growing up? You know, how was it in your family, with your parents? Um, at the time and like what are your earliest like memories of dealing with finances I had a very toxic relationship
0: with money extremely toxic there was a lot of poverty growing up in our home my mom always talks about the time where she only had seven dollars and that had to last us for the entire month she would buy a sack of potatoes and tortillas, and we would eat tacos de papa, which till this day are, is one of my favorite things to eat. Like, I love it. <laughs> um, but she always talks about, you know, how hard it was. Um, I could sense the anxiety with money. I adopted a lot of that into my system, and I developed an extremely toxic relationship with it growing up as an adult. Uh, it definitely... It definitely framed me for sure. And it was a relationship that was so difficult for me to heal. Probably the most difficult relationship, the most darkest part of myself was in relation to money.
2: And, you know, I I've, it's important for us, I think, to to start off with this because a lot of, we carry so much, right, from like things that we've lived in our lives, especially our childhood. And we don't, when we're older, we sometimes don't even think about, I think it wasn't Till like a few years ago that I connected the dots of like what what it was for me growing up and my my issues with money right and my ideas about money um you know was your family like the type of you, you said it was more of like a lack but the idea of saving money the idea of investing money that was nowhere near your frame of as a child of learning these things was it taboo to talk about money
0: It was definitely taboo to talk about money. Um, My father was extremely frugal. So we had to experience that frugality. And there was a lot of embarrassing moments um, surrounding my father's frugality. Like if we went somewhere to eat, he would make us bring in like drinks. And I don't even know that it was frugality really looking back I think I I might have adopted it as frugality but it was really poverty you know where this is a special Mm -hmm. we get to go to McDonald's today but you have to bring your drink from home we can't afford to get the drink wow (laughs) already I'm gonna start crying Uh, so many emotions um uh, you know um I had two outfits for school that I had to alternate every day, and I would get picked on uh, a lot with those outfits. It was two outfits that were handed down from my mom. Uh, my mom's clients; she would clean houses, and so I had to alternate. And I would get picked on a lot for wearing the same things over and over. Um, so, you know, it was it was a it was a challenging experience uh, navigating. My mom, however, she really began to heal her money wounds. And I have to really thank her for having that as an example. She really pulled us out of poverty in every single way that she could. She constantly worked. She always had different hustles, whether she was making tackles, babysitting, cleaning houses, working in a factory. She was just always working. And I was watching her um, develop this beautiful relationship with money. And at a relatively young age, at a, at about 27 years old, she bought a condo for our family. Mm. So I watched her sort of navigate and pull us out of the poverty um, space. However you know, she still has wounds till these, till this day, like investing for her stresses her out. Like the thought of me having my money in the stock market is too much mm. for her. She sometimes mm-hmm. will call me out of nowhere and she's like, just pull your money out, <laughs> get your <laughs> money out of there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um it, it has been, I've I've had a strong role model, my mother for sure. But there's been a lot of experiences that I'm still navigating and learning how to heal Mm. till this day.
1: Mm. You use the phrase money wounds. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So for me, money wounds consists
0: of almost like a money story, a money narrative. It's a cyclical pattern that we experience over and over and over in our heads. And we relive it in our personal experiences. So while you're young, you have this experience with money, whether you know you're having the experience with money or not via your parents, um, via how much money you all had, if there was a lot of scarcity. And those type of patterns, we almost lock ourselves into those patterns and we recreate them for ourselves um, and we recreate them for our own families. So, the idea with money wounds and um, the scarcity mentalities to be able to identify it and disconnect it. I feel that um, obviously, you know, with Black Lives Matter, and we've had this hyper awareness of the system that we have grown up in and almost have been locked into. The way I see it is almost like a chamber of scarcity. Um, it's not that we don't like money. Uh, It's not that we don't feel we don't deserve money. It's that there's stories and there's narratives around deserving of money um, and Mm -hmm. around how accessible money is for us. Mm -hmm. And so we're Mm -hmm. constantly running on these programs over and over, um, reliving them it's really hard for us to see the program, for us to see the money wound, for us to see the money story, the money narrative that we're carrying. But as soon as you begin to identify it, it's almost like the discovery of a whole new world where Mm. um, you can begin to mend that relationship. You stop developing the toxicity and you start developing the value, the self-worth.
2: Wow. I mean, I I feel like once we start talking about something like money wounds, right? We can, we kind of like look back and realize like, what is my money wound? Right. I grew up in like an environment, an environment where I had, I didn't have a lot either growing up. I, you know, my parents, my dad was the only one that worked at home and um, he, we had enough. Um, And it was like, my, my, I feel like a lot of my issues with money were you have to save, you just have to save, 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 because you never know when something's going to happen. And the little bit that you can, you can have to save, you're going to put it in a bank. And my dad was one of those people that he always had money saved up in the, in, in the bank, but he never, you know, he never really did anything with it. Like we never really went on vacation. Mm-hmm. We never did these things because it's like, it's there, it's safe. Now that I'm older, you know, I, I realized all these things and then they're like, but I don't think it's like we learn, how do we, how do we heal these money wounds? How do we feel them out? How do we let go of them? Or can we? Should we? Do we? It's not a, an easy
0: journey. I think for me, it's one of the most difficult journeys. This is why I love investing, because I truly believe that for me personally, the stock market is like a, a window. It's almost like a magnifying glass to all of my wounds in real time. And so I'm able to identify when I feel the fear, um, when I feel greed, when I feel scarcity, I start to identify all of these emotions in real time and I'm able to navigate them. I, I think it is crucial for us to start understanding that we have this strong relationship with money that we're not even aware of. For me, it's two part. Mm-hmm. It's not just the system that we are born into and that we keep our community in, the scarcity mentality, mm-hmm. and that you know other societies also keep our community into the system. Um, it's not just that part. It's also the understanding the type of relationship that you have with money could potentially be a transference of relationships. So for example, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's two part. For me personally, I have had a very challenging relationship with my mother. And when I really started to do um, the money work, what I came to realize is that I have transferred the relationship I have with my mother onto money. So a lot of my rejection of money and not feeling deserving of money is a lot of the same feelings that I have with my mother. And this is, we're getting into something that's even deeper and I haven't even started um, talking about it publicly because it's not an easy conversation to have, but there's two layers, not just the system. And of course, one that I wanna start talking about more which is the transference, the love, the level of love. A lot of the times we can um, identify our deepest issues with money um, and directly correlate them to our issues we've had with our with our parents or or the folks that have raised us
1: so it's you been, know it's been quite the journey to say the least um, you know I think what i what I connect with and i what i'm sure so many of our um, o g listeners and um you know who heard you on the podcast last time. Is that your work over these past few years, at least, has been really about healing, right? And helping guide. Um, Before with um, Let There Be Loose, it was really predominantly geared towards women. Now I think that you've really opened up the space and it's genderless at this point. It's really just about, you know, people of color, people who have been marginalized and kept on the sidelines, But your work has been rooted in healing and I remember so pivotally from our last conversation that you spoke a lot about intuition and I'm curious to know how your intuition led you from the work that you were doing with the podcast before with Let There Be Loose and how that's now, how that then transitioned into you doing the work with uh, In Loose We Trust. Thank you for bringing that up. This is a
0: topic that um, is really important to me because I feel like a lot of people were really sad that I stopped creating Let There Be Lose. And it wasn't that I stopped creating Let There Be Lose. It was that Let There Be Lose morphed. It grew. It it got even deeper. The biggest wound, as Mm. I was saying earlier, was the level of toxicity that I had with money. And the low quality of life that I was living because of this toxic relationship with money and Mm. I was doing all of this work with let there be lose and I was able to heal so many parts of my life but this one part this one money part I couldn't push through it was like there's no breakthrough for this like why am I still broke Why am I still struggling with rent? I'm in my late thirties. Like, why is this still an issue? Why do I, you know, why can't I navigate this? Why am I able to heal so many areas of my life, but not this one? And so I just poured myself into understanding what abundance was. And part of the Mm. issue that I found was that abundance is such an abstract word. And we feel so comfortable using the word Mm. abundance. That was the first problem. I needed to Mm. get clear and I needed to say, I want wealth. I want wealth. I don't want, what's abundance? Abundance on my dinner table, abundance, you know, what is abundance? I I want money and I needed to get really clear Mm. about this. And what is it about money that I'm not able to heal? So during um, a good two solid years, I completely dedicated myself to my money stories and my money wounds. And uh, I started to see and uncover this bigger issue. And for me, the biggest issue in, my, in our community is the lack of this one resource that is money. It's that lack of that resource that keeps us in the place where we can't experience expansion, um, whether it's educational expansion, whether it's rich in experience, uh, whatever that expansion may be, but it's this one tool that it's almost like we can't, we can't fully grasp it. We can maybe smell it and um, you know get glimpses of it here and there, but why can't we really harness it? Um, and so it was this transition for me. And I, we came to this place where I learned that I was also attracting men, Jess, and that was not easy. That transition of attracting men after holding space for the sacred feminine divine was really hard. I had to come to terms with a place of, you know, if I'm preaching generational wealth, if this is my mission, then who am I to uh, push away the men in our family? Who am I to push Mm -hmm. away the men in our society? They too need to learn generational wealth. We know that uh, black men, uh, you know, men of color, in some cases may have it harder You know, and so it's It was important for me to um, open up the space for our entire community, and not deprive or say this is this investing group is only for women. Uh, It was important for me to start opening up that space.
2: That's beautiful. That's powerful. And I love that. I mean, I feel like through everything, you know, you've 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 also been very intentional with everything that you do. Um, like just guided by spirit, guided by this force, guided by your intuition. You're so connected to it. Um, you, you mentioned wealth and you mentioned abundance. Uh, what, what's the difference between wealth and abundance? For me personally,
0: abundance is a word that feels safe, um, that I feel comfortable moving towards. It doesn't feel, it's abstract, and it doesn't feel as clear. And I think this is part of the issue that we're facing, especially in a space where spirituality is growing, where it has become mainstream. We feel safe saying abundance, but I feel like the word is not clear enough and it is not getting us to the space we need to get to. So for me, wealth is very clear. Abundance can be anything. Wealth, we understand that wealth is money. And the root word of wealth is health. That is the root word of of wealth. And so for me, it's the getting healthy with money. Once we begin to heal heal our internal wounds, our mindset um, on scarcity, all of these beliefs that hold us down, we will be able to see wealth reflected immediately, without a Mm. doubt. I know this because I worked through it myself and I got to the other side. I am on the other side now saying, hey, listen, this, these are the steps we have to take. And I know it's scary. And I know you feel like you don't belong. I know what this is like. So it's just walking through these emotions. And I feel like there's no clearer way to get that than to declare wealth. It is easy for us to declare abundance, again, because it's safe. And I feel like when we declare abundance, we can move into this space of like well not really money but when we say wealth it's like really money money and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that
1: you know what what calls out to me is that over the holidays i bought um, my partner and myself house of intuition candles and you know how like they have the um, like they'll have like intentions and things like that. And I bought myself an abundance candle and I struggled, but eventually I bought him a money candle and I struggled so much with buying the money candle. And, and I think because what I've recognized as like my wound is I think of money as inherently evil. I think of wealthy people as evil. That is where my wound constantly shows itself, is that wanting and being comfortable with saying, I want more money, feels like icky and it feels selfish and it feels greedy. And I struggle. I
0: love this. I love that you're bringing this up because this was one of my biggest issues initially. And I, you all know, I have conversations with my intuition. That's just how I get down with her. And you know, (laughs) that's just normal for me. But when I first started down this journey aggressively, I would tell my intuition, like, explain to me how greed, how this isn't greed. I need to understand how Mm. this isn't greed. And you know, this desire that I have to be wealthy. I need need you to explain to me how this is in greed because I don't feel like greed belongs to me. I would tell my Mm -hmm. intuition, I'm like, greed belongs to wealthy people. So if I'm obtaining wealth, does that mean that I am trying to work myself into greed? Is that what that means? Mm. And I kept pestering my intuition with this question. And my intuition said, first of all, you need to understand that greed isn't exclusive to wealth. It's not exclusive to those that are wealthy. Greed Mm. is an emotion that every single human being feels. In the same way that someone that is not in a relationship can feel jealousy, in that same way, someone that doesn't have money can feel greed. And it was clear. I was like, oh my gosh, I get it okay, so I I feel greed. And my intuition is like, you feel greed. And a lot of the times when you don't want to let go of your money, when you're just trying to hold on to it, what you might feel is scarcity is in actuality greed. And my intuition went into this whole conversation about, do you know how much money wealthy people have to let go of? Do you know how much they have to disperse? whether they're dispersing to donate to clear themselves free from taxes or whether they're dispersing to invest into businesses or whether they're dispersing to pay employees, do you know how much money they're letting go of when they do this? How much Mm -hmm. of that is related to greed in comparison to you feeling like you can't let go of this $1 bill because there isn't enough in the world? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting experience to to move through and um come to terms with the fact that you don't have to be rich to feel greedy greed isn't something that only pertains to wealthy people and there's there's wealthy people that are awful we know this you know in the same way that there's um impoverished people that are awful as well like that exists across the board in every in every space The idea here is to come to a space where you want to be able to distribute money and provide money. Being able to um, hire folks and pay them. I mean, the distribution of wealth, isn't that what we want, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel like when we talk about money, when we talk about wealth, when we talk about abundance um, and our relationship with these words, is there, should we be cultivating all of them, like practicing all of them, being okay with all of these words? I think so. I, you know, I can almost feel when I'm
0: having a conversation about wealth, I can almost sense the like cringing that's taking place, you know,
1: <laughs> uh, with
0: other people. And I'd like to push those boundaries in the same way when, you know, I first started talking about. You know the moon cycle and our periods and i like to push these boundaries and explore them as much as i can i want us to be comfortable talking about wealth i want us to be comfortable talking about investing i absolutely think we should be cultivating these conversations and having them so that our you know nieces nephews our children can experience these type of words and they're not um we're not locking them further into the system. We're actually breaking them free and putting them in a space where we understand that wealth is infinite. Wealth is infinite. Mm. Just like the energy that you carry right now within you is infinite. There is nothing that you cannot accomplish. In that same way, there is not a dollar amount that you cannot receive. It is complete infinite. I want you to look at money and I want you to look at wealth as grains of sand, there's, it's not a pie, it's this infinite amount that can, that can uh, be distributed. And it all comes from infinite consciousness. It all comes from ideas that we can generate internally and uh, receive wealth from. So it's not something that is not accessible to us. It's not attainable to us. Mm -hmm. The only thing we have to be doing is living and breathing.
1: Mm, yeah, I love, Linda, what you were saying about the idea of, you know, wealth being like sand and it's limitless because I really feel like, especially in our communities, we've been taught that there's only room for one of us to succeed, right? This idea of there's only room for one of us at the table. And it's really like we're never going to win that way. The crab in the barrel effect of like, I'm going to pull you down every single time I see you climbing up because I think it's going to give me an advantage. We're all going to get stuck at the bottom of that barrel for the rest of our lives. And I think that in a way that people, on and I don't think I know that the people um in power are very comfortable keeping it that way. I think if anything, this pandemic has shown us, right, that... There are people who can profit off of a pandemic while at the same time denying that it even exists. Um, So I think when you tell us that, you know, we have more power, essentially, than we've ever been told that we have, I know that there's initially some resistance to that. And, you know, what do you think are some of the first steps? steps that people can take, can take to start to heal their relationship with money.
0: Well, I want to circle back to something that you said that I think is really crucial, right? Is that one coveted golden ticket, that one seat at the table. And I want to tell you that for me personally, I abandoned that fucking table, <laughs> I'm, I'd left that table. I'm done with that table. I want no part of the table. Mm. Part of the reason why I want no part of the table is because I understand my personal power and I understand my personal value and I understand what I have to contribute. And so for me, it is so crucial to build my own table Mm. and I build my portion of the table, and I'm like, yo, this is how I built it, so come on, start start building with me. You, you want a seat at the table? All you have to do is build your extension. All you have to do is build your portion, and I'll teach you how to do it. It's not me providing you with the seat because you have the power to build the seat yourself. You have the power to build the table yourself, and so I think it's not only understanding that there is this, um, that information is is limitless, uh, but it's the understanding that what we can do with this type of information that we have the capability to receive via our intelligence, that that is also limitless. How many Mm. uh, Latino-owned companies do we see taking up space in areas like Silicon Valley or in Silicon Beach or just pushing the boundaries of what we can create. I believe that it's time for us to start taking space and creating our own businesses in this way. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's a lot easier to look back and, and give advice. Hindsight 2020 is, you know, but I feel like we have to move to the space where we start to mend the relationship. Going back to your question, Jess, on identifying the emotions we feel when we talk about money. There's mm. so much narrative surrounding money since you know the summer, since the Black Lives Matter movement that has uncovered so much. We have uncovered our disgust with capitalism, our disgust with companies that like you say, benefit from keeping us um, impoverished. And I think what we need to get really clear with is not having access to the type of information that they have had access to. Mm. It's not the hate of capitalism per se, because my parents came to this country. My mom was able to sell tacos. My mom was able to clean houses. I have family mem- members that were able to start businesses, construction companies, You know, um, building pools. Uh, landscaping, that is a form of capitalism. That's the freedom that this country offers us here. So it's being cognizant of the freedom that we have. I think what we hate is the inability to have access to financial literacy. That's what we hate. And there is no longer an excuse of having inaccessibility to financial literacy because the internet has completely closed up that space. What we Mm. need now is for a lot of us to understand what financial literacy is, educate ourselves and educate our community from our jump off point. The problem is that most of the people that are teaching financial literacy are white men and we don't resonate. We don't have the same jump off point from a white man or a white woman. We're coming from a different perspective. And so when you have someone like me or you have someone like you all talking to each other about investing and you know what you've learned, where your financial literacy is at, that is so much more impactful. That is so much more powerful. So for me, it's taking up the space of financial financial literacy, understanding how the system works and start to use the freaking system.
2: Damn. Ooh, damn,
1: girl. I love that. <laughs> that is like, oof, that just gave me goosebumps, honestly. For real. It really that did. That was so powerful,
2: Linda. And it's so many things that you touched upon that I think, a lot of us think about or maybe have not thought about, but we really need to. I love the idea when you said you know, that table and others making sure that they also build their own table for themselves and for their communities, for their loved ones. Is that what we mean when we're talking about generational wealth? Absolutely, that is exactly what we mean.
0: So even when I talk about investing and I talk about the money that it's generating, even when you're building the portfolio, Everything is referencing that table that you're building. Um, So what we're doing when we invest is we're filling up the refrigerator and we're filling up the pantry. That's how I want you to look at investing. You want to have you know, a bag of frijoles, you want to have a docena of tortillas, you know, you want to have manteca, however you cook. You want to have all of those elements in your pantry, in your refrigerator, you're building the table. We're not going to be able to cook and feast on day one. We have to first prepare the table, get, you know, put the foundation on the table, the four legs, make sure the table's sturdy enough, um, you know, build the chairs that go alongside the table. And when we're investing, we're putting, stuff into the pantry, we're putting items into the pantry, we're putting items into the refrigerator, and it is serving up what we need in the future. The house, you know, paying 42% of this house coming from pure gains off of the stock market is me putting a house on the table for my family. Here's what I served up, here's what I provided. Yes, that is the generational wealth. Right now, what we're working on is creating a family bank. I want to have a family bank so that my children are not dependent on borrowing money from you know, a bank, a system outside of us, but there's actually a family bank in place where they can borrow money from. It has a lower interest rate. You know, The benefits from using the family bank are going to be much accessible and much easier to the family. Not only that, but we're putting more money into the, the family bank by paying the loans back to the family, not just you know, to another uh, organization outside of us. So yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean when I say building generational wealth, we have to build a moat. Doing that for myself and my family during this pandemic, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, even when I started investing because I started in 2012, but one of the things that brought me the biggest peace of mind was knowing that I had all of this money invested, and that if worse came to worse, which to me, this was worse. This was a crisis, a global crisis that we were going through. I had this ease of like, well, we're fine. Mm. And what drove the course, what drove me to stop recording Let There Be Lose and to focus on money was like, my community isn't fine. Who cares if Mm. I'm fine? My community isn't fine. There's survivor's guilt is crazy. And for me, there was a drive, there was a need to help others start building their own, you know, generational wealth. Again, going back to the table, let me teach you how to build your own table because that's the only way. This is the only way I see. I don't see a solution to the systemic problem that we have other than we need to start growing our money and understanding how money works.
1: And, and yeah. I just want to clarify, you're saying that... Because I know we follow you on social media, but for those who don't, um, and also we've been in your course, um, which we're about to get into, you're saying that you recently bought a home and were able to put 42% down payment on the home from gains that you'd earned in the stock market, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. So we, uh, because I had you know a small business, I wasn't bringing in a lot of income from Let There Be Lose and my partner Alfonso we had just moved to Texas he started a new job they weren't counting his full pay for a loan we only got approved for uh, 150,000 but we were able to pull out you know 122,000 from the stock market in pure gains money that i didn't work for money that the stock market GAINED FOR ME I WAS ABLE TO PULL THAT MONEY OUT AND um, PAY THE REST OF THE HOUSE um, CASH uh, SO YEAH that, THAT'S WHAT I MEAN THAT'S WHY I'M SO PASSIONATE ABOUT THIS BECAUSE I'M NOT LIMITED TO WHAT A BANK SAYS IF A BANK SAYS ALL I'M GOING TO GIVE YOU 150,000 TO BUY THE HOUSE Cool, give me the one hundred fifty because I want that money and I want that low interest rate, but i don 't need to depend on you fully i'm just going to go into my investments over here and put the rest myself. Thank you very much and i'm not limited to what the system uh, says that
1: I need to be limited to mm. Mm. I love that yeah. let 's get into it then let's start talking about this this magical um, what feels mystical stock market, you know I think. This has been a portal that Yadel and myself have also been very excited about. And I think a lot of that motivation and passion has come from taking your wealth rules everything around me course, which I would love for you to describe and tell people about. And, you know, I also would love to hear what you find when you tell people that you're in the stock market. You already told us your mom is always like, like take the money out, you know? But when you tell people about the stock market, what do you find tend to be their their triggers, the areas of resistance that come up the most?
0: Yeah, so these triggers are the reason I started the course to begin with. The number one thing I see is fear. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a lot of fear. And the number two thing I see is already coming up with a million excuses of why I can't invest into the stock market. The biggest one being I don't have a lot of money, which is the biggest misconception, which is a misconception that I feel has been put in place to do exactly that and keep us out because Mm -hmm. when I first started investing, I wasn't investing much because I was coming from a scarcity mentality. I was doing $200 a month, which may seem like a lot. Um, for some folks, and I understand that it is, but you don't need $200 a month to start. You can start with less than that. Uh, Stocks range all the way from pennies into thousands. The important part is that you just get started because what is happening when you get started is your mind is starting to shift. You're obtaining financial literacy, not just by learning it, But you're also obtaining financial literacy by going through the actual motions. And you start to do what the both of you have done and put investing front and center in your space, in your sphere. You start to put energy towards it. You start to see the power that it has and the ability that it has to grow and create more money in such a simple way. And so that was the biggest obstacle was the fear, the not having enough money to start investing. So at that point, it was really important for me to share my testimony where I was only investing $200 a month, um, which to me at the time was a really big sacrifice. And on the, I did $200 a month for an entire year. And then the second year, I saw the benefits of what I had invested the first year. That I decided to double my money, and I went for four hundred dollars a month. I did it only for two years, and in those two years, I, uh, you know, I put in a little over seven thousand dollars. That's it. Seven, a little over seven thousand dollars. That's it. Those seven thousand dollars, it's like seven thousand two hundred or something. They turned into four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Where do they do that at? They do that in the stock market. This is where white people build their wealth. This is how simple it can be. And once you start to see the possibilities and how money has the ability to grow, that's its job. Money's job is to replicate itself, is to work. Money's job is Mm -hmm. simply to go out to work. But we treat our lives, we treat our souls as being the ones that need to go out to work.
2: And it doesn't have to be that complicated. I mean, I feel like a lot of the things that you're saying with, you know, the investments with the stock market for a world that for a lot of us, even us in our thirties, you know, it's kind of like, I, I had no idea. I did not know this is how it worked. I did not know how easy it was. Was there a particular moment for you in the course of the last two years that made you and like that? pushed you into launching your course into launching and lose we trust can you take us back to that moment and the response that you've received from people over the last few months
0: so I was really scared very very scared I had my intuition telling me over and over that I was to talk about investing and that I was going to start talking about financial literacy and I was like how I don't understand. Mm. I talk about the moon, and now you want me to talk about me. <laughs> and what are people going to say? <laughs> ¿Y ¿Qué va a decir la gente? <laughs> you know? ¿Qué van a decir de mí? Like, they're going to say I'm greedy. They're going to say all these things. They're going to, they're, you know, they're going to be so confused on how I go from "Let there be lose" to "In lose we trust." And my intuition would not let up like this is your calling. And I'm like, how? I don't understand how this is my calling. Like this doesn't even make sense. I wrestled with it. It was very hard. I didn't want to do it. I had a lot of resistance. There were a lot of nights where I just cried. I wanted to give up. I didn't want to do it. I was very angry at my intuition. I was very angry that this was a calling for me. I was furious. I was scared. I was worried and, um, I just took it day by day, but when the, when the pandemic hit, Yarel, that's when I knew. I can be scared, but the message that I have to deliver is so much more important. Are there going to be people that don't align with me anymore that think that I have completely lost it, that I've turned my back on spirituality? Yes, and that's Okay my message is not for them, it doesn't resonate, it is okay. There will be a calling on those that that feel it, that can feel it from me. And that is who I need to focus on. I don't need to focus on what was, I need to focus on what I'm being called to talk about right now.
1: Mm. Mm. And that is what turns into your Wealth Rules Everything Around Me course. And Yarela and I have both taken the course. It's a two day course where Linda basically runs you through the basics of the stock market and you know and gets you familiar with a lot of the terms because it's very much like learning a new language you know there are words that you're like what the heck (laughs) is that what does that mean what's a market price what's a limit price and i think you know Linda, you bring such authenticity to the conversation, which is great because it really does speak to you in a way that's like, okay, so I'm your homegirl and I'm going to show you how to make some money, um, but not like try and get me into Mary Kay type of shit. Um, and if you don't get that reference, you are young and you're making me feel old. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also just want to disclaimer this conversation in, you know, a few times it's the, the phrase it was, it's easy came up. And I do want to us to talk about that because it's, it's not, it's, it's this idea of, yes, your money is working for you, but figuring out how to get how to how to navigate in the stock market is not easy. So if someone's hearing this and they're like, "All right, bet. I got I got $7,000. I'm going to make this $400,000." Like that is not the mentality to have. And this is at this point what like nine years of work that you've put into it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I, not sure what the timing was on the return for you. But even then, you, it was two years of putting into the stock market Um, at some point. So I also just want to, like, make sure we're doing our due diligence and everyone who's listening you knows, like, there has been so much research and so much work that you've put in, Linda. And that's what I think people have gravitated to the course for is because you've been very honest about you will have – green days, which means you're seeing a profit, and you will have red days, which means you are taking a hit. You are, there may be times that you're losing money. So this isn't just about gains, 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 and how you're just cashing in, and it's a foolproof system. And I think that that is what this year has also been about, is that there's been more quote-unquote newbies coming into this space and trying to make sure that you're an educated consumer in this space as well. Um, and that is where I think, Linda, you've really provided and democratized the space for so many people.
0: Thank you. Yes, that is, the, that is definitely the intention. And it, it is definitely not easy to get started. Thank you so much for bringing that up and highlighting it. For me, it is like, you know, like you said, it's like talking my homegirls through the and homeboys, we got homeboys too, talking them through (laughs) the process and being like, I know you're not going to get rich tomorrow, for sure. You're not going to get rich tomorrow. But I think we need to stop looking at goals so short term, like that great Mm. quote, about how we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and we overestimate what we can do in a year. Um, And there is nothing in the market, not your job, not your savings account that will generate the type of profits that the stock market will generate. The stock market, being an investor in the stock market is not about being an investor for a month, a year, five years, 10 years it is about doing this for the rest of your life it is about looking at the stock market as another avenue to obtain money that is what this is wealthy people don't just have bomb businesses that generate a lot of money that's not what is generating their wealth their billions their millions are being created in the stock market that is where the money is being generated from and you know i think that For so long, we've been kept out from it with like, oh, you can only afford $100 a month or you can Mm. only afford to invest, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks a month. That's not enough. But actually, it is. Actually, it is enough. It's way more than what we've ever seen being able to be. To for us to grow without doing anything, and that's Mm. the beauty is our perspective, our jump off point. Once we start to see those gains, it's like, Whoa, this is for real! and yes, it it is for real.
2: And I love that you know, I love the, the way you've done it with the course, where it's also very interactive, where it's also very you're constantly updating us after with your like your Discord with the Patreon videos that you share with us. Um, and and you, and you talk about, you've, you shared with us a lot of these very personal moments for you. Do you remember the first time that you took like a big loss that you had one of these moments that really showed you like your own wounds and how did that feel for you? Yeah, I do. I
0: remember the biggest loss I had, I think was like in 2018 and it might've been somewhere around maybe $50,000. (laughs) And, um, I remember feeling angry that I hadn't sold out because I thought of selling, I had thought about it. I remember the emotions I feel with feeling the loss and the holding on, but then I remember very clearly feeling grounded and going back to understanding what I had invested in, which is something that i go through the course itself. The idea here is to build a group of investors that aren't just investing into the stock market, but for us that are visionaries and we can see what is taking place. And it's not even that you need to be like, you know, a a rocket scientist, It's really, we understand we are the biggest consumers of technology. Latinos
2: are. Mm -hmm. There are studies
0: by Nielsen that say that. And so for us to have this perspective and understand what technology means for us, it's not hard to start investing into these companies. And so my biggest investment uh, was Netflix. And I had to calm myself down and and remind myself that I knew where Netflix was headed. I understood the vision that Netflix had. I wasn't scared of Disney. I think one of the reasons that they dropped that much was because Disney was coming out and they were losing Um, content, like friends or something on their service. And um, I had to just write it out. And that's exactly what I did. And I saw the benefits of doing that. And I'm still seeing the benefits of doing that. So all of those moments where I've had to navigate myself out of the FOMO and the fear and the scarcity mentality, all of that is written into wealth rules, everything around me, all of those experiences are so that when you get to that place, you have a point of reference that you can look back towards. And then obviously the our Patreon in Lose We Trust for only eight bucks a month, where you have access to the discord and you have access to other investors that understand the scarcity mindset, that are moving through it, that sometimes fall back into it, is another space that has been cultivated specifically to hold your hand through that entire process. The goal here and the intention is 100% for each one of us to build generational wealth. I've never seen a community like in Lose we trust where it's complete opposite of crabs in a barrel it is the really uplifting like here here's here's my knee use my knee to get up over you know to the to the next level um so yeah there's a lot of intention and it is all driven from the experiences that I had and the losses and the emotions
1: I mean without sounding too much like an infomercial I will say um Yaddy and I are both on the Discord channel, and I love it because it's just like, the investors are all at different places in their lives, And one of the things that I love the most is that there are certain people who have more time to do research on certain stocks, which then allows me to do research on the stocks that I'm really particularly interested in. So it's like, think about it as like a class project, but everyone is actually doing their fair share. I I definitely feel like that space has become a trusted resource for me. And when you were starting out, was there any... Where in particular, even to this day, are where are do you find your trusted resources and sources to gain more knowledge?
0: Yeah, my biggest trusted resource to gain knowledge um, is Kathy Wood, an art. <laughs> Uh, I, I know I, I feel like I'm always talking about her and I wish I had some new and exciting resource, but it really truly is Kathy Wood. When I started listening to Kathy Wood um, back in 2018, uh, 2019, I just knew that there was something very special about her, uh, not just that she was a her, but um, I felt like she had this vision and that she was able to see things that no one around her was able to see. I, I, I think she talks to her intuition too. Or mm. She talks to aliens or something. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with Kathy, but I, I love learning from her. She's one of my favorite resources. And it's not just like her resources or her studies or her white papers or her videos. It's the way she's thinking that I'm learning from. So I'm learning to adopt her perspective and her vision by osmosis. Something that I think is um, really helpful for white people that go to Ivy League schools, like they get to absorb people like Kathy Wood all the time. And so having access to these types of you know, creators and forward thinkers in this easy way where Kathy is distributing information for free open, Open source, which is one of her biggest things, I think is a plus. You know, we also get to listen to earnings calls with, you know, Jack Dorsey and earnings calls with Elon Musk. For me, my resources are really the people that are pushing our lives in a completely different direction that are shifting the way we actually live. Those are mm-hmm. the type of resources that I like to consume is listening to the earnings calls, listening to the
2: way they think, um, the way they speak and where their mind is at. You know, and I'm curious because you, you've shared this on social media. You, you've said um, that through your courses, through your uh, platform in trust. You're not only a teacher, but you're also a student. What does that mean to you?
0: It means that I'm never going to have the answers for everything. It means that investing is ever evolving. That what I knew yesterday no longer applies today. That I can't get Mm. stuck in my ways. I can't um, develop old habits. Uh, That I have to learn from former analysts on the street, I have to learn from the dinosaur on the on the street on Wall Street, and I have to understand that everything is shifting and moving forward and so it's a constant knowing, not getting stuck on my ego, like, oh, I've done this or whatever that may be. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Today's a new day. There's new information. Things are shifting. And I think we've witnessed that. I mean, our whole lives growing up from watching MySpace to watching Facebook eat MySpace, you know, from watching Instagram and Facebook buying Instagram, like watching the way we've evolved, how we communicate. We understand that everything is going to change and nothing will stay the same. So for yeah. me, it's important to always be cognizant of that. There's so much I need to learn. I also think it's important to, uh, to listen to other perspectives um, in the discord, to listen to other people, what they're saying, what they're thinking so that I can learn from them as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think that that is, that's also just a sign of like leadership and growth, right? Yeah. Because this is yeah, it such yeah, an yeah. evolving space. Um, Well, you know, when the market closes and when you're like, okay, I can take a step away, although I know that those are some of your happiest hours when you kind of can be in the trading space, what are the things that bring you joy right now? What is the, what, what are you most obsessed with at this moment?
0: At this moment, I'm really focused on being grateful for my family and indulging in my family. I have spent, you know, all of what feels like almost all of 2020 harnessing the wealth rules, everything around me, like you said, the stock market and, you know, being hit testing positive for COVID myself, has really made me understand that while I, ca- I get passionate about these things and I want to deep dive and I want to just swim in them and live in them, I have a much bigger task at hand. And that is being the matriarch of my family. It is, you know, washing the dishes. It is interacting with my family. It's, sometimes it's mopping the floor, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. But I think it's really important to be present. And so that is a gift that COVID brought to me along with, you know, all of the other symptoms, but I'm really trying to stay present and, you know, feel gratitude for every day, feeling healthier and healthier for being able to speak to you all. I don't get to do this often. And so just being present with friends and loved
2: ones and family, I think is something that I'm really loving right now. I love that, Linda. And we thank you for for everything that you're showing and you're sharing. Um, you know, and everything that you're doing too for this community and for everybody that just, you know, is really connected to everything that you do. Um, you know, we're we're big believers in affirmations here and we're still Trying to learn all these ways of of well being, of spirituality. Um, If you can share one affirmation with our audience that would help them uh, become, that would help them welcome abundance in their lives or wealth in their lives, what would it be?
0: It would be I am an unlimited supply. I am an unlimited supply meaning everything that I am is unlimited and it supplies.
1: Amen. That's all I got to say to that. (laughs) Linda, (laughs) thank you so much. Um, You know, I do want to let people know that you are um, offering your course uh, Wealth Rules Everything Around Me monthly, is it? So right now, we have a course that is going
0: up specifically for in time for your audience. Um, So we are right now we're doing them much more often than monthly just because the demand for the course has gone up. So we will have a course up soon in Lose We Trust for more details on when that course is going to be uh, what the dates for that course is going to be
1: amazing amazing and you can and
2: find all that info in all of your accounts in news we trust and of course in your personal account if anybody has a question is considering uh the course but like jess mentioned we both took the course and we have been morphed into investors and <laughs> crazy we wealth investors warriors. I yeah ah. warriors yeah because <laughs> jess and i are constantly texting each other and talking about you know, wealth and money and stocks. And I think it's, it's making us also much um, stronger, you know, women with, with our own taking control of our, of our own money and in control of our future. So for that, we thank you, Linda, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was
0: a pleasure speaking to you all today.
1: So y'all, Linda, Linda's just the truth, honestly. Uh.
2: Love her. And I love how she's so I mean, we mentioned this on, on the with her when we were talking, but she's so intentional, like she's in her course, it's not just that like the numbers, because I've taken other courses when it comes to stocks and investments during the year. You know, when you mentioned that this was kind of like a transformative year in terms of, of money for a lot of us, like we wanted to really learn yeah. um, how, how, how money works and how we can make it work for us. And, you know, generational wealth and our families and our futures. Um, and yeah, I don't think she's just so connected with herself, so intentional, and she teaches that right, like supporting brands, supporting corporations that are aligned with you, who you are, and really learning like not just you know really doing the work, so i that it's you know she's just now building like this empire, inspiring and motivating um people of color to like really invest their energy and their time into learning about the stock market and putting their money. It, you know, putting the money to work for them. So I I mean, all our love to Linda. We love what she's doing. We love that she's sharing her knowledge. And she's creating spaces at the table for all of us
1: and that she was able to share her time as well with us to talk about her journey and what she's up to. I appreciate the fact that collectively on the gram, especially I see so many people of color, like stepping into a space of saying, I want wealth, I want to grow financially Mm -hmm. without feeling guilt, without feeling afraid of judgment. And so I hope that we continue to move into that space, because we have to have healthy relationships with money and being afraid of it, thinking it's evil, that is not healthy, nor is greed, you know, so it's finding that balance.
2: Whatever course you want to take, whatever you know, you want to learn and really di- really make the effort and the time to learn about it. Because I think that's also really important, right? It's not just opening an account and like, let me see what it's, what's going to happen here. Learning things that were never taught. I mean, I've never, I never, never, I never learned any of, of, of anything to do with stocks until last year, Same. like really like my mom, my money. And, um, and then, yes, I think taking all this knowledge back to our communities, our families, um, our friends and being like, yo, are you connected? Are you did you download this app? Are you checking your money? Did you get an IRA? Yeah. Are you looking, you know, all these things that we have never been exposed to. And we need to make the time we need to make the effort to if it's something that we if it's something that's important to us, to make sure that we learn it and
1: that we create space in our lives to make sure that yeah, that our money is working in our favor exactly exactly so we want to hear where you guys are all at on your own wealth journeys you know have you taken linda's course um are you into crypto are you into stocks are you just like really reserved index fund investing we want to hear about (laughs) what you guys got going on so definitely hit us up in the dms at weight holds up pod or you can email us ola at com.
2: And share the podcast if there's an episode that you really like. Share it with your friends. It also helps us with our numbers. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, on TikTok. Jess has been uh, dropping some really cute videos on TikTok. We're gonna, we're, we're, I know we're gonna take over TikTok, Jess. It's just oh, yeah. a matter of this pandemic moving on and we can get it together more often. And it's gonna be game over for these bitches on TikTok. Uh, okay. Uh, Once these millennials. We are coming, for you, coming Z. for you, Gen Z. Like, <laughs> um, and like always, thanks so much.
1: We have lots of surprises with Linda. Yes, Linda has gifted three scholarships. So Linda and Wait Hold Up, we'll, yes, we'll be giving three scholarships away to her upcoming may stock course um correction sold out stock course because those things go very very fast fast so we are going to post all about that on our social so you can find a way to enter and win um and we it's it's worth more than than you can even imagine so check it out try and win till next time thank you so much for joining us Bye. bye